All right, there, I started the recording. Hi. Hi. I'm America. I'm James. And this is a new thing we'd like to call City Wave Cinema. It is. We're going to call it that because that's what's going to happen. We're going to put movies in water and see what happens. That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is we're going to talk about a movie. More likely than not, we're going to talk about a movie that we watched the day of the stream. This is a live stream in case you who are listening to this in the future didn't know. And in um, case you're new here, this isn't normally what we do. Again, if you're listening to the podcast version of this and not looking at our wonderful faces, um, we are normally a gaming channel. That's true. That does happen most of the time. But... Thanks to, I'll give them a shout out right now because they're in chat. Thanks to uh, Green Gorilla's idea and a long random tangent that happened. What was I yelling about? Uh, it was Twilight. Ah, yes, I was yelling about Twilight. That was, yes. We, we went off on a tangent about Twilight and it turned into this idea that has kind of sprung out of a podcast slash movie review stream so we are recording this if you're watching right now um and we are live streaming if you're listening to this later so it's a cool purpose yes anything else you'd like to add before we kick it off it's not likely that we're ever going to watch things that i like because the content here is when i get upset and if you can't tell by the title of this stream or by looking at me right now on the camera, the first thing we watched was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone, if Whatever. you're in America. And it's actually a great thing, because I've been trying to get James to watch the Harry Potter movies for six years of our relationships. Let's so. talk about the ego of the English for a moment, shall we? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the audacity to declare that you have to change the name of your movie because the Look. Americans won't know Look. the whatever the name of your media because the Americans won't know what it is you're talking about but you still need to sell it to them because there's more of them than there are of you so you need the money uh it wasn't actually England's idea to change it it was scholastics cuz they bought the rights to it in America i take back everything i just said the audacity of Scholastic to think that they have the biggest dick of all of the Americans. Honestly. Did I already start off this episode with an um actually? <laughs> yes, you did, you motherfucker. Why I, are you this way? I, I'm a nerd. And there's nothing nerds love more than proving other nerds wrong. Anyways. I tried to read. The, what's the version of the book you have? The Philosopher's Stone? Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Sure. I tried to read that. I tried to read that. How long ago was it? It was like, shit. Like two or three years ago? I am currently 25. I had such a hard time paying attention, observing anything in the book. Because very obviously it's written for children. It's written for people who are in second grade. Just children. And America was like, why can't you make it through the book? I can't read that low level, man. That's like trying to read instructions on how to assemble a cabinet while you're a man. You obviously know how to build a cabinet. 
Duh. Now to give my introduction, I did read it when I was six. Um, I read it back in... <laughs> in the audacity of this <laughs> That's what you should have titled it. Uh, Maybe that'll the, be the name of the episode. For those know. of you who can't read chat and they're listening to this later, we just had someone say <laughs> Harry Potter and the, the audacity of this bitch in chat, so... <laughs> Um, but I did read it when I was six. I actually read it when oh the first movie God. came out. I hadn't seen the movie yet. And my parents had this rule that if I wanted to see the movie, I had to read the books because I was an avid reader. It's not like it was like hard for me. I just was lazy. So um, I read the first book and then asked for the second book and then asked for the third book. And by the time the second movie came out, I was read. I had read all the books available at that time, which was up till the fourth one. So I've been in this since 2001. <laughs> it's been many years. Uh, I didn't read or watch any Harry Potter growing up. I don't know if it wasn't allowed in my house. It probably wasn't. It wasn't. I can it, test All right, that. cool. It wasn't allowed in my house. How was I was there. Your siblings. <sighs> Your siblings that like Harry Potter I, have told me. I bore no interest in it to begin with. So I wouldn't know if it was allowed or not allowed in my in my Christian Minecraft server uh, <laughs> that I grew up in. Um, but a little context here. Uh, America grew up and got a degree in acting. So she's very well versed in the world of theater, in the world of film, television, etc., etc., etc. Acting is her bag. She knows what's up. I got my... A bachelor's degree in communications with an emphasis in film and television. I spent the majority of my time in school uh, writing, directing, uh, being a cinematographer in general, uh, which means I, I basically just played around for a long time at school, and it was dope as hell. Um, so we, we have a lot of critical opinions of things, that are not entirely unfounded. Uh, and they are just opinions because all art is subjective. So if you like it, that's great. Congratulations. If you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. Um, and if you don't like what we say about it, I also don't give a fuck. So, without further ado... And spoilers are to be expected. Like, if mind. you haven't watched the fucking movie or read the fucking book at this point, it came out in 1997, the movie came out in 2001, I have no sympathy for you. Please get your act together. No, it's okay. I didn't watch it until today. <laughs> who, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter what she says. So, I took notes. He, he, he took avid notes. This is the most focus I've seen James put into a movie in the entirety of our relationship. All of these notes, almost all of these notes have a swear. Don't take the door, Nilak. Are you taking the door because you haven't watched it? Are you leaving because you haven't watched it? That's fine. You, you know what? You do what you want. It's all good. I took notes. All right. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Did you actually write sorcerers? No, but I did misspell sorcerer. <laughs> and this, maybe they should have made it the wizard's stone. <laughs> sorcerer is hard to spell. Philosopher is easy. They should have just stuck with philosopher. Bunch of bitches. We start the movie with Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall and Hagrid dropping off little, little infant baby Potter at his 
awful, awful family's house on Privet Lane Drive, whatever, what have you. It's it's Privet Drive. Cool, Privet Drive. So that's that prestidigitation. I'm not an idiot, Ninalak. I got you. So the the open to this movie is insane. He had me pause it, not even joking you. It, it was like 30, 30 seconds, seconds in. in. 30 <laughs> seconds in, we paused the movie, and I was like, what in the fuck is going on? Because Dumbledore walks into the middle of a street at night. At night. It's at night. But he walks into the middle of the street, and he pulls out a strange Doctor Who-style lighter that looks <laughs> like a, a doctor's wand, if you will. And it, it's got a little tiny penis that sticks out the top when he clicks the button, and it sucks the soul out of the streetlights, which is strange. It just turns, it just sucks the light. Right. You can put the light so back. You, I don't know that. He didn't show me that. So, he takes the light from, like, five streetlights around him, and then he sees McGonagall in her cat form, and she transforms into a Dame Maggie Smith uh, in all her glory. A uh, great, wonderful gift to this and, world. And, and so I just had a question, like, why'd you open the film with an old, old man with a beard down to his balls stealing the light from the streetlights in the middle of the street? It's not like he was, like, hiding behind bushes and creeping around and shit. Like, this dude was just in the street. He was just in the street. If I look out my window at night, because I'm awake at night, and I see this man with a beard to his balls in weird robes and a funny hat, holding up a tiny penis that steals the lights from the lights. I'm freaking out. Uh, James and I talked about this while he, we were, while he was asking all these questions. Um, I will say that the movie does not open the same way as the book. Um, the book opens with the Dursleys and their like day-to-day life. And the, oh, gross. And the slight discovery of like, the death of Voldemort and how kind of that impacted the muggle world um, is how the book opens. My number two point, um, the whole entire series makes it very clear multiple times that muggles are oblivious to pretty much everything. And I told James, I was like, you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I just happen to look out my window and I see some weird ass dude in a motherfucking robe and he's sniping the lights out, I am shutting my blinds crawling back into bed and i'm not fucking with that shit because that's some witchcraft and you don't fuck with witchcrafts and shits like that so that's what that was my answer i was like because he's like i'm calling the cops i'm like i wouldn't say shit i wouldn't do shit i don't want to be involved i don't want to know what's going on i'm gonna go back to sleep (laughs) let's take a brief pause and shout out ninilak for being born happy Happy birthday! birthday We appreciate and love you very much. You know you're my favorite. You are her favorite. I am fond of you as well. And now we will continue ranting about this film. Appreciate you. Uh, I took... the, The notes don't have context, so I'm just going to read them. And then you're going to give context to the notes because you've watched the movie 17 million times. So that first one was Dumbledore opens the movie by being an insane person and stealing muggle lights. Uh, And then the next one, Hagrid is not discreet. Now, let's take a moment and think about this. If you don't know who Hagrid is, that's fine. Imagine the largest, hairiest person and then make him twice as big and then give him a flying motorcycle. This is the introduction to the character of Hagrid. In the middle of the night, he flies 
down Privet Drive on a loud-ass motorcycle. Like, it was not loud when Dumbledore was stealing the lights And Dumbledore did steal the lights to, like, give them, like, a low profile, I will say. So the, like, next part of Hagrid bursting in doesn't make a lot of sense. Hagrid straight... <laughs> drives the fucking motorcycle loud as fuck, like a goddamn Harley, through the air and then onto the ground yeah. and then up to the house. And it's like... Why turn off the lights? Just have a fucking parade down the street, man. I don't know. What is what? You obviously don't care about being quiet. It's like Chewbacca on a flying bike. It's like that's what it is. I also would like to point out as the next uh, comment, which is a double pun for Harry Potter, but snitches get stitches. James, don't call the cops on wizards. Nice, nice. Um, So, but you know, I agree with that comment because, like. Thinking about it, and again, I really enjoyed watching. I haven't been this excited to watch Harry Potter in a long time. Um, so watching it with James through fresh eyes and him bringing up that point of Hagrid, I was like, "You're not wrong. Why? Why? Why'd we? Why'd we take all the lights out if we're just gonna bring in a giant ass motorcycle?" Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, to be fair, given the context of why they were there, it probably wasn't like a well thought out mission to begin with. I mean, it was a very emergency like run to go grab baby Harry and get him somewhere safe. So, like, that makes sense. I, under- I understand why it happened, but it's dumb. And there's also not a lot of ways to transport things or transport other living creatures with yourself in the Harry Potter universe. Like, a lot of it has to be done by land, especially when it's a baby. Like, especially when it's something that fragile, it's not like you're gonna... Because they do have the ability to, like, teleport, which you find out later, and, like, they call it apparating. Um, but you can't do that with a small child. No, no. So, hasty so, decision-making led to questionable exposure a, a of the lot, wizarding a world. A lot of questions I had there. Uh, my next note is that the Dursleys are all fucking idiots and also racist. Why do you, why do you think they're idiots? Oh, what was it I said while we were watching it? Oh, it's because, it's because Petunia asked Harry to cook the breakfast. Right. And he, and she was like, try not to burn anything. Don't screw it up. (laughs) So, okay. So, the, the context of the line, Harry, cook this breakfast. Try not to burn it this time. It's Dudley's birthday. I want everything to be perfect is like like what's implied here is that Harry has cooked breakfast before and fucked it up. So, if you're a mom and you're like I want this day to be perfect for my little perfect angel who's also a demon, like I want the best possible birthday for him, what I am definitely doing is having the guy who can't cook breakfast cook breakfast. Definitely. That's absolutely the most intelligent decision I as a mother can make, is to have the most perfect birthday for my son, I'm going to have his weird cousin who can't cook and sucks cook breakfast. This is a terrible plan. She is an idiot. I also gave... Queen of the idiots. I also gave James a valid point on that one. I was like, I didn't didn't think about it like that. Like, why would you? They well, first off, Harry lives in a cupboard under the stairs. He sleeps on a mattress that is exactly smaller than he is. So, what? Like, 
it it's such a stupid asshole thing to do and what like the, you could say you know, the, the the theory that maybe she does know that he's gonna fuck it up and so that they can like berate him and be mean to him later like that's one way to think about it but i choose to think that they're actually just stupid and they do want a good and proper good birthday breakfast for their son that little fuck and so what what do you do? You don't fucking make the poor kid that you just woke up who's been cramped under the stairs and obviously doesn't know how to make breakfast do it. Why would you do that? No one's ever taught him to make breakfast. He's just there. And then he does like three things and he doesn't make breakfast. Like he just doesn't make breakfast in the scene. He like he picks... Brought... <laughs> he brought breakfast to his uncle. He literally he served like, him bacon. But he didn't make it. it. Like it's not a cut. He just picks up a pan and turns and hands him stuff. He, he's... He's scooping some things around in the pantry. So they didn't even they didn't even like ask him to make the breakfast. That what they should have done is, is ask him to serve the breakfast and not say a thing about him burning it. I do it. think because he just like picks up a a pan and there's like food in it already. Like the you haven't seen Harry in the kitchen yet, and he walks into the kitchen and his uncle's like, "Where's my fucking coffee?" And he's like, "I'll get it." And he's got a pot that doesn't, or he's got a pan that doesn't have coffee in it, and then he gives him fucking food. And I don't know where the coffee came from. Like he didn't make anything. I think Aunt Petunia had been starting everything, and it was more just like, "Hey, like finish cooking, serve it, and." But that doesn't flow as well. It's 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 such a shitty scene. Like why all of it? Like I, I just establishing I, the, relationships. It, it's one of those scenes that like I absolutely would be like if I'm on the crew that's filming it, or I'm like a script supervisor or a director. I'm going, oh, this is great. This is great. You're making them uncomfortable. Everything's awful. This really clearly shows how Harry's life sucks ass. Right? That's awesome. A month and a half later, after I've got the final cut, I'm looking at it going, Fuck me, that's so dumb. Why did we do that? Oh, it's so dumb! Ship it, they'll buy it, it doesn't matter. That's exactly what happened. I can't verify that at all, I'm lying. But that's definitely what happened. Oh, and they're racist against wizards. They are very racist. Very racist against wizards. Uh, just unequivocally racist against wizards. Just out the gate, Hagrid shows up after they try to escape all the letters that need to be delivered to Harry, and they, they're, they like, on an island that I don't know how you get to, in a lighthouse that's obviously trash, on holiday. They're not even in a lighthouse, they are in a cabin on the rocks. They're in a cabin on the rocks. That's literally the title of the chapter in the book. That's hysterical. Or Shack on the Rocks, I can't remember. So it is Wizardess, Green Gorilla, you're right. And so Hagrid, this enormous motherfucker, kicks the fucking door down and is like, you're a wizard, Harry. And then Aunt Petunia's like, fuck wizards, all you fucking freaks. Like, Jesus. She really, she really does whip out and she's like, she's, she's like, like fully of course out of we knew. How could you not be with my sister being what she was? I knew you'd be a freak just like her and like literally like just like fully fully out of pocket racist out the fucking gate like it's just no hesitation pure hatred insane insane to watch that would never happen in a movie made today the first line of the book uh is that Mr and Mrs Dursley were uh racist fox no oh that would be great they were nor like they're perfectly normal and they're very pleased with that like that's what the f 
for intro to the book is like they are absolutely 100% like normal and they are very happy to be such. I said jealousy too. She did. She did say jealousy. I think she's a jealous bitch. But my next note is Hagrid doesn't give a single solitary fuck. Hagrid does not give many fucks. In in that same scene where where they're in the like ramshackle cabin on the rocks and it's raining and storming outside and Hagrid's just made this incredibly imposing appearance and the whole Dursley family's freaking the fuck out Try and Harry's just Dursley, you great prune. Harry's just like ah this is fucking wild what's happening right now completely unflappable which is not a note that I put but it should be noted that Harry is not shocked at anything at any time and that is fucking crazy he was a little shocked he was like hey hit behind the corner I'm not a wizard I'm Harry just Harry right and then he went with the large man for no reason well, what were his option? Hagrid said he's like, you can come with me unless you'd rather stay, of course. And if your option is go with the big scary man, possible adventure versus staying with my abusive aunt and uncle, I'm taking that ticket out. You know what? Touche. I'm going. <laughs> I don't care where I'm going, but I'm going. Right. So, carry on. Hagrid aways with Harry Potter, and they go to Diagon Alley. Right. Which James has been to. I have been there without any context to anything that I saw. And it's very, very cool <laughs> if you haven't been to Universal Studios. <laughs> it is super cool. It's a fun little theme park. And they keep it climate controlled. They keep it cold as shit in one part. <laughs> and you can go underground, which is kind of dope. Um, so my next note is that everyone is creepy as shit to Harry all the time. Which is mostly specific to the part of the film where Harry and Hagrid are, like, accumulating the shit that he needs to go to school. So, they're in Diagon Alley, and Harry doesn't know that he is a famous, soon-to-be prodigy wizard. He has no clue what's going on. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know the real way his parents died. He doesn't know his parents were incredible wizards. He doesn't know fuck all. So, they, they roll up to Diagon Alley. And Hagrid knows all of these things. Hagrid knows. Hagrid's like the information giver of the film. He tells he is Harry the everything. exposition bot. Yes. So they go into Diagon Alley, right? And everyone fucking knows who Harry Potter is. They've never seen him before. They also don't see the scar on his forehead because his hair covers down to his eyebrows. I will give you that, like, the main point of Harry is that, like, he has a scar on his forehead. But and they just let Daniel Radcliffe have forehead hair the whole time. I mean, well, Harry Potter in the books does have messy hair. But, um, 90% of the time, like, there's, they, like, part it in the scene so, like, you can see the scar. But I did notice that in the Leaky Cauldron scene, like, they were like, oh my gosh, it's Harry Potter. And, like, I looked over, they show a shot of Daniel Radcliffe, and his hair is just fully covered his forehead. And I was like, how, how the fuck you know that's Harry? There has to be other Harrys in the like, wizarding world. <laughs> it's it's totally fine if, like, they've been keeping up with Harry, keeping tabs on him. They know what he looks like. And he's, like, obviously he's a very famous guy. <laughs> They're sending pics out but, like, to the wizarding it's, world. It's like Albus Dumbledore is, like, maintaining a please look out for Harry Potter Instagram account. And just keeps <laughs> updating it with photos of Harry as he grows up. I feel like that would defeat the purpose way. of it's keeping super him would- it would be so dumb to have that happen, which is why it's a plot hole that everyone knows what he is and what he looks like. Anyways, they go in there, right? And they go through the leaky cauldron to get to Diagon Alley, and everyone uh, knows who Harry Potter is. And 
they they're just like talking to him and he's like i don't know who any of you fucking people are and they're talking to him like they know him and yeah they're like Harry Potter, so nice to meet you at last. Harry, I can't believe I'm seeing you this again. Is like, like full-ass adults. He was one. Like, like they, they haven't seen him since he was maybe a toddler. And he's like, I don't know who any fucking people are. He's like 11 years old. He's, he's freaking out. It's like when your mom introduces you to someone that you, oh you met God. as a baby. And she's like... Don't you remember me? And you're like, fucking no. I was like, I don't. You don't know. I don't know who you are. And she's like, Oh, I changed your diapers when you were two. Great. I was looking at the fucking ceiling. <laughs> I, what? Cool story, bro. I totally was there. No idea. <laughs> it, insane. Insane. What happens? So the, he goes and he's got. He goes to all the shops to pick up his shit. And I noticed it specifically in Ollivanders because when he goes to Ollivanders to get his wand, uh, Hagrid sends him in alone he doesn't go with him into Ollivander's to he get the he was going to go buy him a birthday present right he was Hagrid was going to do a very nice thing for Harry because Harry doesn't have nice things happen to him so he's like Harry go into Ollivander's they're fucking great you just go in in there he'll get you the wand it'll be awesome good people right so that's like that's a vote of confidence at least going into the store he goes in the store no one's in the storefront there's no one at the register or anything he goes hello Hello? And then a ladder shoots across the back of the store, and there's a man on it who's old and a little intimidating, like in a weird way. Like, I don't really know what to think about you. And then he goes, Harry Potter, I knew you'd be here someday, or something along those lines. Like, I I obviously. I'm wondering when I would see you in my shop, Mr. Potter. I obviously know who you are, and I knew you would be here at some point. Like, if I'm Harry Potter, like, I'm leaving Ollivander's before that old man gets off his ladder. Because uh, why do you know me? Why do you know what I look like? Like, do you have some weird wizard spell where you just know everyone that there is in your store? Because you need to tell me that so I stop freaking out, right? He doesn't say that. And so it's just like, if if it's your first day as a wizard, as Harry, like, you're freaking out. And then, my next note is about Ollivander. It says, Ollivander is a fucking asshole. And here's why. I, uh, why? Ollivander's a fucking asshole. And no, he, why? He's like, here's, I'm gonna fucking tell you. Well, fin- hurry up! Ollivander's a fucking asshole. Because Harry goes in there, he doesn't know him, they interact a little bit, and he goes, alright, let's find you the wand, right? And he starts pulling wands from random parts of the store, popping them open, and he gives them to Harry, and he goes... Give it a wave, try to do magic with it, right? He's like, he's not even been to Hogwarts. He doesn't know he's a real wizard. He's like, here, try this one. It's like hitting a kid a gun, like, see what that does. And then, he, and of course, Harry, like, swish, swish, and like sends files shooting out of the wall, and the Ollivander's like, hmm, not that one. It's like, you're gonna make him fucking feel bad because you gave him a weapon that he didn't know how to use and he fucked up a part of your shop? You're a fucking asshole. And then he, he does was... it again! He does it again! He gives him another wand and he breaks a fucking vase and water goes everywhere and he goes, ooh, not that one. I don't think he, like, Ollivander's upset or anything, though. He's just like, Man, no, he's not it. upset, but it's not about whether or not Ollivander's upset. It's about Harry. Harry's a good kid. He's probably freaking out that he's breaking shit and fucking shit up in this guy who he's never met Storm before it's not like they go way back and it's like oh it's fine if you break that it doesn't matter no he's just a kid he's probably losing it if i'm harry potter i'm like and i am in gryffindor i took the test i know i am i made him take the test when we started if if i'm in gryffindor and i'm like harry potter and i'm 11 years
years old and you hand me something and I accidentally fuck up your shit with it, I feel awful. That's so fucking bad. How terrible would that be? That'd be so awful. I do like the acting choices and I have a wand so I can do it pretty well, but I do like the acting choices of Daniel Ratcliffe in that thing because he just like like puts them down and like (laughs) backs his hand away both times and like each a little bit different, but he's just like, okay, no more touchy that. (laughs) it's, It's exactly like that. It's like, I mean, Ollivander probably knows, like, Harry obviously doesn't know any, like, high-level spells or casting or and what have you. And wizards aren't going to be, like, pointing it. And, like, he didn't point it at Ollivander. No, he, he just, like, like, waved it off into the corner like a smart, intelligent kid. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not giving a toddler a gun. Obviously. Why would you give someone who has never used a wand before a magic wand without at least, like, showing them, hey, like gesture in this direction and don't worry about what happens like if you include that you don't have this scenario where harry potter is going to potentially feel really terrible about existing because so far in the movie harry potter just gets shit on for existing and then he goes into a world where allegedly he'll be accepted right and it's just non-stop people like Hey, it's the fucking, it's back from the dead. It's Harry Potter. Wah! He gives himself a massive standard that he now has to live up to because everyone knows him and everyone's like, he's famous. And then he starts fucking shit up. Like, Jesus Christ, he doesn't know what's going on. When no it, one's helping him. When millennials take over <laughs> the wizarding world, they're going to be like, listen, it's okay. If things it's break, okay. It's, we're going to be so concerned about the emotion. Don't worry if it breaks. No. Now, when I bought my wand, this crazy ass dude didn't tell me that and I fucking blew some shit up and I felt really bad. <laughs> Don't feel bad. It's okay. Like, no one at any point is like, hey, it's okay if you fuck something up. Like, wizards are crazy. Like, it doesn't happen until he gets to Hogwarts and people are like, hey, you know, sometimes people just disappear during Quidditch. Like, that shit happens. Like, that's the first time someone interacts with him and goes, hey, man, weird shit's gonna happen. I don't know what to tell you. And, like, it's like, up until that point, Jesus Christ, what a fucking nerve-wracking experience to be Harry Potter. I feel like Harry Potter definitely has some anxiety. Like, I, he's, like, living his best life, but also, like, <laughs> shit does explode. Kids get dropped from buildings. Like, in the first week... He, the staircases move, like, it's a fucking trip, like, especially if you're, you have no knowledge, like, Hermione's muggle-born, but she, like, read everything before she got there, so she literally knew more about Hogwarts than probably the teachers, but if you're Harry and you just found out this shit existed and you literally just rolled up and you were like, oh, I'm here, (laughs) there's a forest where people are gonna die, oh, the staircases move and I could just fall off, oh, Everyone, like, knows who I am, and if I point this stick the wrong way, things are gonna explode. It's a fucked up day to be Harry Potter. Got it. So, (laughs) so that's why Ollivander's an asshole. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense now. I was a little confused. I was like, Ollivander's chill and dope as fuck. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, he is, but it's, that's the reason he's an asshole. Yeah, and I think it's, it's important to, like, specify he is an asshole in all the right ways. To muggle kids. Like, I'm sure if you're a wizard family, like, people come in there all the time, like, psh, nope, psh, nope, psh, got it, cool. Like, it's, it's, that's not, no, that's not abnormal to them. Almost, almost all the time when the good guy characters in this movie, I made notes that almost every good guy character I noted is an asshole. 
in this movie. And it's not because they're intentionally being mean or rude or a dick in general. It's because they're written into the story, there's never context for Harry Potter for anything. So it's all the time, it's, Hi, Harry, you're a wizard. Welcome to the wizarding world where everything's fucked. And no one tells him anything. Yes, America? May I give a story writing concept with that? Okay. Intentionally done. Because now you are experiencing the wizarding world right along with Harry Potter. You don't have any prior knowledge. You're getting to learn these things right along with him. So that makes you relate to him even more as a character. Because you are you are learning and experiencing things about the Wizarding World at the same rate Harry is. You guys are on the same level. If I'm a child watching the movie, which it is written for children, and children are supposed to watch the movie, it's Up not. In, it's not a PG fourteen, fifteen, sixteen movie. Up until like four. It is a kids' movie. That absolutely stands. As an adult, I feel nothing but sympathy. Uh, empathy. As a as a millennial with as an mental adult, illnesses, I, I feel horrified the whole time for yeah, Harry Potter, especially the social anxiety man. Just a just a, and uh, it is to be noted this entire time Harry Potter doesn't freak out ever the whole time. He's it's fucking crazy. Super. Ch- he is on a fucking ride and he is living his best life. And you know, in the books, this a dude lot of snorts the- Xanax off his wand. In the books, undoubtedly, a lot of the time it's just like he's like better than the dursleys like the worst things can happen at hogwarts and it's still better than being child with my murder. aunt and uncle child murder better than being with my aunt and uncle right moving on out of diagon alley uh we go to i i wrote down that voldemort couldn't kill harry but that's fucking whatever uh hermione is a fucking asshole Hermione's a big ass. I think the- I think I wrote Hermione is a fucking asshole seven times. In the beginning and in the first book and like in the beginning of the series, she is very much intolerable because she is an incessant know-it-all and we all knew one in school. We all knew one. We get introduced to Hermione Granger. Mm-hmm. The brilliant the brightest piece witch. of shit. The brightest witch of her age. Motherfucker. Of all time. When Ron Weasley, the obviously semi-poor, hand-me-down, bottom-of-the-barrel kiddo, hangs out with Harry Potter because there's no other seats available and no one's sitting with Harry. Uh, and Harry goes... Ron's like got the trolley cart comes by and it's like hey, you want to buy some food or whatever and Ron's like I'm covered and he holds up this miserable little like plastic wrapped thing of like two stale muffins or some it's fucking ugly ass bread or some shit and he's like I'm good and he's obviously miserable about it and Harry's like I just found out I'm fucking rich I'm gonna buy everything on the cart for my new boy Ron I have a very angry retort to that because go for it i need to drink beer and turn the ac on <laughs> please turn the ac on it was brought to my attention very recently that like oh yeah that's like a super sweet moment super great story cool story like awesome you harry bought all this stuff for him and ron 
If you're another kid on that fucking train that day, and some asshole punk rich motherfucker buys the entire cart, and you just wanted your fucking chocolate frog on your way to school, and you waited all day, and you saved up your money over the summer, and you wanted to buy some treats on the train to Hogwarts, and you the trolley comes by, and she's like, oh dear, I'm sold out, and she's like, what the fuck? Like, no, some asshole kids bought all the fucking treats. Like, that's not fucking fair, Harry, to the rest of the students at Hogwarts. No wonder people end up hating you. Now. Just. Let's take into consideration that later in the film you do see tables in Hogwarts that are f- just fully empty, uh, at no prompting, fill with food. So it's not without reason that this could be on the train to Hogwarts in the Wizarding World, a magic trolley cart that refills itself. That's not without reality in this universe, if you will. It is but co- that is true. If somebody buys the whole fucking thing before it ever gets to you, like, come on. It is come confirmed on. that, just because I know how the tables work, um, the trolley does not refill with food. It is, she brings what she brings on the train that day, and there's no way to get more supply. Well, that sucks ass. So Harry buys the entire trolley cart worth of candy and shit, right? And he and Ron are just having a ball. Great. You see your new young protagonist getting on with a new buddy who is just bottom of the barrel, plucky little dude, right? Awesome. And out of nowhere comes this fiery redhead out of the fucking... Well, Emma Watson's got red hair. She does not. It's just Auburn. Whatever. Ron has red hair. Ron is pure ginger hair. Hermione comes flying in. If you hear any random noises in the background uh, as dog. you're watching this or listening to this later, it's our dog. He's going wild. He's got toys in a kennel that We're not toys. in a studio. We're just in a room. We're in our house. So Hermione comes flying in and is like, ah, peasants, have you seen a toad? Who is it? Neville? Yeah. Neville a boy lost. Named, a boy named Neville's lost a toad. Have you seen it? And it's just props to Emma Watson for having the perfect asshole tone. But you should immediately see the scene and go, I'll fucking kick a kid. I, I don't give a fuck. That's because her next line is, because Ron's got his wand out because he's like... He's trying to show Harry a spell that his brother made up. And Hermione just whips it and she's like, oh, are you doing magic? Let's see it then. Let's see it then. And the spell doesn't work and she's like, oh, well, it's not a very good spell, is it? I've only practiced fuck, a few simple ones you. myself. Fuck you. For example. Fuck you, Oculus Reparo does it perfectly. Fix, immediately fixes Harry's glasses while she's in this cart. And on her way out, after being a dick, on her <laughs> oh, way yeah. out, she looks at Ron and goes, Oh, fuck ass. You've got dirt on your face. Did you notice? It's right here. Bye. And dips. What a fucking asshole. Props to Emma Watson. Beautifully acted. Fucking ass! She is a little bit of a middle school bitch. That's just the first time I wrote down Hermione Granger is a fucking asshole. I told James after watching, and if you're a Potterhead, you'll agree with this, James and Ron would have gotten along swimmingly. In Gryffindor, together, hating Hermione. Like, they would have been BFFs. They'd be like, did you fucking hear her in fucking Transfiguration today? Like... Oh, God. If she raises her hand one more time, I swear. <laughs> like... 
The next note that I have is one that everyone would obviously agree with, and it is that Draco Malfoy is a fucking asshole. <laughs> I feel like James just thought a lot of people were assholes. Every character is a fucking asshole. So you meet Draco after you, they get to the the school and they go they go they're going around and they they go Tom Felton, beautiful, beautifully acted. Every actor just fucking kills it. So they go up and they 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 see McGonagall and she's like giving an introduction speech about how they're going to go through into the dining hall place and they got they got to do this sorting hat ceremony so they can decide what house they get put into, right? And so they get through the whole thing and then they're just like waiting for a moment and Draco goes up to Harry and he's just like, oh, I see you're hanging out with fuckass over here, referring to Ron. And he's just like super high status, he's like such rich. a fucking dick-ass motherfucker who's like, I own this shit. Even though he's a first year, just like Harry. He's like, I own this fucking school. He is, I own all these people. This is my shit right here. He is the epitome of, like, spoiled rich kid status. Like, the Malfoys are very wealthy. They are very... They are a pure-blood family, which means they've only ever had wizards in their family. And they are... His dad works high up in the Ministry of Magic. Like, they are not hurting for anything, and Draco has status. So it's not unreasonable for him to have that attitude, because psychologically, why wouldn't you? But he does give off that asshole, rich kid, spoiled brat status of just like, I'm shit. I'm the shit. Everyone knows it. And it does also stand to reason that he would then look to the next most famous person in his class the newly rediscovered Harry Potter and be like, hey, you should be my friend because I'm the shit. But that's the reasoning he goes with is you should be my friend because I'm the shit, which is the only thing he ever fucking knew. Right? You should be my friend because I'm the shit. And Harry's like, I know people who are like you and I know you're for sure not the shit. I know who my friends are uh, after Draco finishes dunking on Ron's whole life. And Harry's just like, how about you go fuck yourself instead? And and Draco's like, and then McGonagall just interrupts the proceedings by like smacking him with a piece of paper real light. And he just like doesn't know what to do. And it's fucking great. So Draco Malfoy is a fucking asshole. Carrying on. Definitely a product of nurture there. Hmm. We do the whole sorting hat ceremony. I have a question, actually, about the sorting hat. Please, explain. Can everyone hear what the sorting hat is saying when the sorting hat is on someone's head? Yes. I did not write this down, but the sorting hat's a fucking asshole. The sorting hat is a very large asshole, <laughs> and it is well known. What you don't <laughs> s- what you don't see in the movies, and what's kind of funny to know, is that the sorting hat writes a song. To sing at the beginning of every year and, like, give his two cents in about everything. So he just sits there. Wait a minute. Please hold. I'm going to go get the book. I'll tell you what he says. You you go get the song. Here's why the Sorting Hat's a fucking asshole in the movie. Because we're only touching really on the movie with the book for context, right? So the Sorting Hat sits on... uh, they, They only call main characters up because they need screen time, right? They only call the main characters up... And it sits on Harry's head and just dives deep into, like, things that could easily be, like, insecurities 
that he has. And uh, if you're a middle schooler, the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you is to get called up in front of your entire school of people you mostly don't know. Have a hat put on top of your head that then goes to say all of your deepest, darkest fears and secrets out loud to the whole school and not really compliment you, but sort of like backhand compliment you as like, because its whole thing is to judge you. And so when it gives you a compliment, its tone is judgy. And so you're not really sure like what to make of it. That's the fucking worst thing you could do for a middle schooler. That's like giga fucked up. Not a bad mind either and a thirst to prove yourself. Like, <laughs> like you're making me sound like Donald Trump. Fuck. All right, so here's what he says to the first-year students. This is the first thing the hat, Sorting Hat says before he's even put on anyone's head. Okay. He sits there and he sings, Oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but, but don't judge on what you see. I'll eat myself if you can find a smarter hat than me. Oh, he's got an ego, too. You can keep your bowlers black, your top hat sleek and tall, for I'm the Ho- Hogwarts Sorting Hat, and I can cap them all. There's nothing hidden in your head. The sorting hat can't see. So try me on and I will tell you where you ought to be. You might belong in Gryffindor, where dwell, where dwell the brave at heart. Their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. You might belong in Hufflepuff, where they are just and loyal. Those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. Or yet in wise old Ravenclaw, if you've a ready mind, where those of wit and learning will always find their kind. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make your real friends. Those cunning folk use any means to achieve their ends. So put me on, don't be afraid, and don't get in a flap. You're in safe hands, though I have none. For I'm a thinking cap. Truly, Green Gorilla, what an ego on the ugly fashion accessory. So I didn't write that down. What I wrote down for this scene is uh, the ghosts are fucking assholes. James, I have a question. Yeah. How many of these notes involve the word asshole in them? Do you want me to count? Sure, go ahead and count. Just count them up for us live right now. Because how many? Because you've said asshole at every fucking note. (laughs) If it's James, it's all of them, says chat. You're not wrong. Twelve. Twelve. At least three of them are Hermione. Alrighty, carry on. So <laughs> the, the ghosts are is an asshole. The... So the ghosts are fucking assholes. I don't remember exactly why I said. Oh, it's because that one the the Gryffindor ghost pulled his head almost all the way off. Well, that's because like, Hermione sits there and goes, "Hermione nearly headless. How can you be nearly headless?" Hermione fully smarts off to the fucking Gryffindor ghost. And this dude, well within his rights at receiving such attitude from a first year, just pulls half his fucking head off. Like, or not, it, he's been decapitated but almost like all the way. Sliver. It's like it's hanging on by strips of skin. And so he just grabs his head and pulls it off and there's like gore and shit in his neck. And his head's all crooked and off to the side. Movie for children, ladies and, and gentlemen. It, all the fucking kids are like, except like all the second years yeah everyone who's ever seen him before and has like talked to him and interacted with him is like ah 
good joke guy. And everyone, all the first years are like, oh, 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 freaking out. It's the funniest, assholiest thing. Now, it's important to note, when I say someone's a fucking asshole, that doesn't make them bad. It just makes them an asshole. And it's an asshole thing to do, to do that to first years. And James is an asshole, so he would know. Fully asshole. Like, uh, I do, but I, again, I do think he's warranted when some, first of all, Ron called him, like, the nickname he doesn't like, which was, I know you, you nearly had this nick. And then Hermione's like, nearly had this? How can you be nearly had this? So you're getting smacked on by these 11-year-olds. I'd fucking smack him down, too. You want to fucking see my head here? Like, I think he's warranted. When the middle schoolers are shitheads. You, you come into the feast for the first day of the school year, and the middle schoolers are out here like... Well, what's your fucking deal, huh, guy? And you're like, this is my fucking deal. Like, obviously, you should be like, this is my fucking deal. Here's John Cleese is John amazing. John Cleese, legend. In the flesh. I think, to be, uh, James said it already, but the entire cast of Harry Potter was so well casted, and they all do such a great job, the entire series, at being exactly what they needed to be. Assholes. And I think, oh my gosh, and I think my favorite, any my favorite thing that I've heard about Harry Potter ever actually came from someone who was not in Harry Potter and it was Martin Freeman who uh goes on later to play Bilbo in The Hobbit but he was sitting there going he's like you know at the time I was one of the few like one of the few only British actors not working on Harry Potter and we all just kind of had our faces pressed up against the glass like sad orphans watching it all happen like and I think that's my favorite thing because like it literally if you were a British actor for the most part you were in Harry Potter at some point because they had to be, that was one of J.K. Rowling's rules, that they had to be from, they had to be fully British or from, like, if their characters were... J.K. Rowling's an American. No, she's not. J.K. Rowling's still a fucking asshole. She's from Edinburgh. So she's an asshole Edinburgh? with an attitude. Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Is it Ed- Edinburgh? Edinburgh. I... It's spelled Berg and it's pronounced bruh because they don't know how to fucking talk. They wrote the language, they made the language, James. Yeah, and you'd think they could speak it. British people, I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. So, after the ghosts are done, I wrote Hermione is a fucking idiot, and I don't remember why. Um, what happens after the ghosts? What does Hermione do? Maybe it was because Hermione said that line, I think, that you're like, Hermione's dumb. Like, because she was like, how can you be nearly headless? And you're like, that's that's the, that's clearly like a nearly headless thing, because the only thing that happens after that is they go to the common rooms. And stuff like that. Is it in the... Something must have happened. I don't know. Hermione's still a fucking idiot. But the... Because the next note after that is that Severus Snape is a fucking asshole. And I know why I wrote that one down. Because in the middle of a tremendous monologue from Severus Snape in his potions class, Harry Potter, like an incredibly attentive student, intent on being a good student, is writing down every goddamn thing that Severus Snape says. Very clearly shown that he is writing down word for word what Snape is saying while Snape is saying it. And Severus Snape is such a fucking asshole. He is, and he does it on purpose. He doesn't like Harry because he didn't like Harry's dad. That's a whole story for later. We'll get there. While Harry is being a good student in his class and writing down everything that he says, Snape calls him out for not paying attention because he's the only one not looking at Snape and then asks him, like, five difficult wizardry questions 
That's why Hermione's a fucking idiot. <laughs> if you're not vis- if you're not watching this live, which you definitely should come and watch this live sometime. Watch the stream, yeah. Um, I did an imitation of Hermione going and raising her hand and like shaking and like Snape- trying to rise out of her seat. Snape's asking very clearly only Harry questions. Nobody else in the class is raising their hand. Questions that Harry obviously cannot answer. Just to be a dick. Yeah, he's just showing that Harry's an idiot. Or that Harry's an idiot. So so he's asking these questions about like, what happens when you add this to this? Because he's a potions teacher, so it's all like wizard science. And he's just like bombarding him with these fucking rude questions. And Hermione sitting next to Harry who is present the whole time and knows that Snape is asking only Harry these questions, just rockets her fucking little hand up and is waving her arm all around like, I know the answers, Professor, I'm and smart! And she's making, like, little I noises. I want to be smart! I want to show you I'm smart! No, you're a fucking idiot! You're so stupid! I hate you! I hate you so much! God, she's such an asshole! Oh, he's literally doing it to show, because uh, he's like Harry Potter, our new celebrity. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fucking adult who just wants to dunk on a kid. Like, what a sad, pathetic fucking asshole. Yeah, no, he's sitting there calling him out and, like, is like, because the question in chat was why ask the one kid that knows literally nothing super hard questions. And it's literally just so he can be all like, I see fame isn't everything, Mr. Potter. And, like. Well, neither is a normal speaking voice. So, like, figure it out, bro. And it's literally just because he hates Harry. He's such a fucking asshole. Oh, no, because after I wrote Severus Snape is a fucking asshole, I wrote Hermione is still a fucking asshole, and that's why. So I still don't know why Hermione's an idiot. I'm really thinking it's the nearly headless Nick comment. It's probably that, yes. Uh, and so then we finally come around to Harry's a fucking asshole. And I don't remember why. What did Harry do that I bitched about after potions class? Flying... The flying class is next. Did he do something in the flying class? Uh, it must have been... Uh, sometime in there, in between Hermione still being a fucking asshole and Draco being king of the assholes for stealing Neville's, uh, remember all? Uh, somewhere in between there, Harry's a fucking asshole, and I wrote it down and I don't remember why. You should put context in these co- uh, yeah, notes. I'm, I'm, moving forward, I'll probably put context with my notes. But, uh... They're, they're also sitting in, um... They get mail. And they're all opening their mail. Is that part of it? I don't know what you're no. about. Uh... No, Neville... It, it's like a funny gag. They give, like... Neville gets this little, uh, fucking... Like a little clear ball. It's like a glass with, ball. With, like, some gold inlays on it. And it, like, turns green if you remember something, or it turns red if you forget something. And he picks it up, and it turns red. And he's like, funny thing is, I can't remember what I've forgotten. And it's like, haha, good funny joke, and then they move on. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember. Harry's a fucking asshole, and I'll remember why eventually. Uh, I'll move on to the flying class, where they go outside, and they're gonna fly on broomsticks. I'm surprised you didn't make a note about Seamus turning... There's a note about Seamus later when they do the Levios Hall bullshit. And uh, he explodes the, like, second thing. Okay. So while they open the mail, a student named Seamus blows something up in his face trying to do a spell. Uh, easily gets a concussion. Because it's like a small bomb to... going up in Turn his this face. Water into Rome. He's trying to make rum out of water. 
Like, also, would listen, love to know Seamus, that spell. Seamus, buddy, you're not Jesus, okay? Alcohol's his thing. Would love to know that spell. Can you just imagine? It'd be great. So Draco is king of the assholes. Now, we've already established that Draco Malfoy is a fucking asshole. Uh, Draco is also king of the fucking assholes. Because Neville Longbottom, our dear, sweet, poor Neville Longbottom, who has a terrible last name, goes with everybody like they do to the broomstick flying class. First years have to take flying lessons. It's like forcing and people to be in gym class. Harry, like they, they, they have to speak a command to the broom, and you hold your hand over it, and you say, up, and the broom rockets up into your hand. And Harry, like, first try... Instantly, with ease, obviously a prodigy wizard, sticks his hand out, says up, the broom, in his hand, no sweat. Every other student's struggling. Neville gets his, Draco gets his, Hermione, like, has a really hard time. Ron can't even fucking do it. Ron smacks him in the face. Ron does get up eventually. He does get it up, but it hits him in the face. Um, Take that out of context. City Wave Cinema out of context. (laughs) Uh... Draco is king of the assholes because when Neville, yeah, he can't get it up, but it is enormous. Uh, Neville gets on his broom, and the whole thing is you gotta you gotta float up a little bit and then float back down. That's the instruction from the teacher. And before anyone else can fucking get off the ground, Neville gets up, loses full control, and just rockets off into the fucking countryside and starts flying around the Quidditch. Very clearly, like, out of control, and yet Madame Hooch, who's the teacher, is like, if you don't get back down here this instant, and, like, literally, kid has no control over the broom. Like, I should have written down that the teacher was a fucking asshole, because that's super fucking asshole thing to do, is to yell at a student who is clearly not in control of a situation to stop doing what it is he's doing, and, uh, fucking, that doesn't happen. Proper teacher would have yelled, immobilis and like froze the broom and like brought him down no not 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 what happened he very almost yeeted himself into the sun um instead he falls from his fucking broom gets caught by his cloak on a fucking like torch that's being held by a statue it rips he falls like 30 feet catches again on another part of the building rips again, falls another 15 feet, and just impacts on the ground, and just crumples. And is like, Madame Hooch runs over there, and like, try like, picks him up, and he's like, she's like, oh dear, it's a broken wrist, and just like, class is like, halted, so that she can take him to the hospital, and in the commotion, he's dropped his remember-all, the thing he got in the mail not, like, 30 seconds ago. It is important for the rest of the story to mention that Madame Hooch says if anyone is caught in the air when she gets back, they will find themselves out of Hogwarts faster than they could say Quidditch, and it's only important to the story because McGonagall does not give a single fuck about anyone. (laughs) Right. So, she, Hooch rushes Neville Longbottom off, Draco finds this remember-all on the ground, makes a fat joke about Neville, who is not fat. Maybe if he'd remembered to give him this squeeze, he wouldn't remember to fall on his fat ass. So he picks up the remember-all, and Harry is like, instant paladin knight good guy, and he's like, hey, fuck ass! Give that to me! (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ, Harry! (laughs) He just 
instantly squares up with Malfoy. Like, unafraid of anything. Like, you can't be worse than Dursley. I'll fuck your shit. (laughs) I was like, to be fair, he's been living with someone a lot like Malfoy for a really long time, and now he has, like, the ability to do something about it and not take that shit anymore. So, Draco, as king of the assholes, goes, maybe fuck you instead. And he flies off on his broom, breaking a rule. Harry is like, well, f- fuck you first. And he starts to fly off in his run and Hermione are like, no, don't, no. And what he's, an idiot. And he's like, fucking doing it anyway. Rockets off after Draco. There's a brief chase through the air. Draco, with the arm of a Hall of Fame quarterback, yeets that motherfucker across the Quidditch course. Because he's like, go and get it. And he throws that motherfucker. And Harry, because he's a brilliant Quidditch seeker, but he doesn't know it yet, goes like... Gets his seeker face, yep. He does a a movie thing where he's not looking at the thing he needs to see, and then he immediately looks at the thing he needs to see, and like locks in, laser focus, and he shoots off after it. It's a great shot, and it happens like three times in the movie, but it's just like he has his head down, and it's, huh. (laughs) He's on his broom, and he's fucking hauling ass, and he's flying straight at a fucking wall, and he does a fucking dope aerial maneuver, and he like catches it as he's about to crash through a window, and he like grinds to a halt and flies back towards the Quidditch court with the remember all in his hand. It's a sick victory for Harry Potter. And the window he was about to crash into. There sits Professor McGonagall. An incredibly imposing Dame Maggie Smith, who looks out the window and goes, ah, I'm a genius, and walks away. And then immediately is on the ground. Uh, she does get up for like from the top of a tower. To the ground? To the ground and outside. Instantly. Like, within a minute. I, I, In I, the time it takes <laughs> Harry to fly back to his friends, she is there. So she walks up to the group. <laughs> And it's like, Potter, follow me. No context, just... And everyone thinks he's in trouble. Everyone's like, Harry, no! And Draco's like, I didn't get in trouble. Thank you. And so Harry goes out with McGonagall, and little do we know that in breaking with a traditional movie storyline, instead of Potter getting in trouble for doing the right thing but breaking a rule to do it, he just gets fat rewarded for it. And she's she walks into the dark arts class and is like, Quirrell, shut the fuck up. I need to borrow this student. And she takes the student. And the student is the captain of the Quidditch team. And she's like, this is your new secret. He's the guy who's supposed to catch the golden snitch, which basically ends the game, which I will touch on later but it's to be a little backstory mcgonagall has this deep beef with quidditch because she was injured when she was on the team by a slytherin player and wasn't able to play anymore and so she has like a personal vendetta against the slytherin quidditch team and so she is willing to make any exception and rule break necessary to make sure gryffindor wins quidditch And that includes ignoring the fact Harry was on his broom when he wasn't allowed to be. Changing the rules so that a first year can be on the Quidditch team. And then later on, spoiler alert, buying him the best broom out there. Like, McGonagall's like, anything I can do to put the odds in our favor, 
It's done. <laughs> Straight up nepotism and not giving a single fuck about it. Because who's going to fucking question Professor McGonagall? No one, not two. So. Snape. Snape in that staff meeting, like, they had a staff meeting. There was a meeting about allowing Harry on the team. And there was I like. Have a question. There was like about a fucking his fight. Room. Like, <laughs> there Why <laughs> does he have a Nimbus 2000? He's a first year. He's not allowed on. Like I. Can't. How did he afford a Nimbus two thousand? He is eleven. But even if there was a staff meeting, who makes the final call? Dumbledore. Also fucking, Gryffindor. Fucking nope. Harry's gonna be the fucking. <laughs> Anyways, we move on uh, to the infamous scene where they're in a class with a strange professor. And they need to levitate a feather. His name is Flitwick, and he is the charms teacher. Flitwick is dope. And they need to levitate a feather with the spell Wingardium Leviosa. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're in there doing that. Hermione's an asshole. Ron can't fucking figure it out. It's Leviosa. Not, not Leviosa. Leviosa. Fuck you. Fucking don't speak to me. So... Ron and James would have been excellent it's friends. Like, it's like to fucking don't talk to me. And then don't do it after you talk to me, you fucking ass. So my note here is that Seamus has such a bad time because Harry's sitting next to Seamus and Seamus, just for the fucking laugh track, goes to like levitate his feather and it just fucking explodes in his face. Like, there's no need- reason why saying Wingardium Leviosa wrong should explode the thing you're trying to levitate directly into your face. I think we might need another feather over here, Professor. (laughs) And it's like, none of it needed to happen, but it did. And it's like, man, why are they making it so bad for Seamus? That's such a fucking rough time. It's in the book, and it does come to play in a pun later on in the series, and it's pretty great. He straight up does Wiley Coyote himself, Green Girl, you're right. Um, After that, uh, I wrote, Ron's a fucking asshole. Is it for being a shithead to Hermione? It is fully for being a shithead to Hermione. Now, Ron's a great guy, great heart. But as they're leaving, and he, this they class, are eleven. Like this is not out of the range of an eleven-year-old reaction to this it's shit. It's him, Neville, and Harry, and Ron just like shits on Hermione out loud, relentlessly as they leave the class. I mean, honestly, it's no wonder she hasn't got any friends. She's fucking, like, right behind him. Like, perfect picture-perfect movie moment. And she, like, body checks him and walks past him all sobbing and sad because, like, yeah, she doesn't have any friends. And yeah, she is an asshole. And that's why she doesn't have any friends. But you didn't need to say it. So, like... So, Ron, you can't... (laughs) Yes, she's an asshole. It doesn't mean you get to be an asshole back. But, like, honestly, 11-year-old you, guy... Would be such an asshole. But I am an asshole. And I admit it. And I tell people that when I meet them so that they don't set the expectations high. The moral of the story is if you're going to talk shit about them, maybe do a quick look around. Maybe look to see, you know? Maybe do a check. Not saying you should talk shit about people, but if you do, maybe do, like, more than just, like, a little quick check over your shoulder. Because he does look. He does look before he says shit, but he only looks in one direction and then just continues talking. So, like, maybe do, like, a full scan or wait till you're in a private area. So the the movie takes place over the course of a full year of study. Full school year. At Hogwarts. September to 
September June. to spring, I guess. Yeah. So come Halloween, there's a Halloween scene. The dining hall is all decked out in Halloween shit. There's candy all over the tables. It's great. Everyone's having a great time. I would love to go to the Halloween feast. We're having a great Halloween feast. And then the door slams open. And sprinting through the room is Professor Quirrell with his turban all a flutter. And he goes, Troll in the dungeon! Troll in the dungeon! And then he, everyone like, freezes and stops and goes, <gasps> Thought you ought to know. Goes, yeah, <laughs> Thought you ought to know. And then, and then just fully falls. passes out. One of my favorite moments out. in the entire movie is, Troll in the dungeon! Troll in the dungeon! Thought you ought to know. Kunk! <laughs> fully, fully falls on his face, unconscious. Um, and I wrote here that Quirrell sucks. And Quirrell sucks. Quirrell does suck. So I did some reading because James asked some questions. And so I did a little bit more reading because I had all the answers, but I wanted to make sure before I got on here, I didn't have like the Harry Potter, the Potterhead nerds coming for me in the comments later of this podcast. Um, but Quirrell was the muggle studies teacher and he took a year sabbatical to go get some life experience because he was going to be taking over the defense against the dark arts position. And he went, um, out there to, because he was tired of being made fun of his whole life. He was searching for a way to get people to stop making fun of him because he has, he has a stutter and blah, blah, blah. So he is out, out searching for Voldemort. Worst case scenario, he's the one who finds out where Voldemort's hiding. Best case scenario, Voldemort gives him some extra powers. Voldemort finds out that he is a professor at Hogwarts and uses that to his advantage. Quirrell wears a turban saying that a prince gave it to him for eliminating a zombie. He comes back from his year-long sabbatical and that is where he's at. Quirrell is not skilled or gifted, really, at anything. He he was really good at knowing muggle stuff. He was muggle born. He has a lisp and he was bullied. Also, the amount of people that do things because they were bullied in these movies should tell you something. And James is saying it here many times. Don't be a fucking asshole. Okay, I'm done. Alright. Carry on. So as it turns out, Quirrell's the one who let the charm let the charm. Let the uh <laughs> Green girl, you're funny. Let the uh, troll into the dungeon. Um, so, after after that note, I, I have written, Dumbledore's got his shit together. Uh, and I wrote that because after Quirrell passes out, every kid in the room starts screaming. Reasonably so. Understandable. We haven't seen a troll to this point, but... Obviously, it's something to cause a bit of a stir, and all the kids start freaking the fuck out, which is completely acceptable. They are middle school and high schoolers. I'd probably freak out, too. And so Dumbledore, this aged old man, slowly, with creaky bones, stands up and goes, <laughs> And everyone shuts the fuck That's up. That's not what That's he not what does. he does. But he does yell, and everyone shuts the fuck up. Uh... And he just immediately starts, like, delegating who's going to do what. Like, seniors, take your fucking houses and get them back to the fucking dorms. Quickly, sir, quietly, go. And, like, teachers, 
to the dungeons. Let's fucking go. We got a problem. So they they go off and do that, and it's noted that Snape dips off and does not go with the rest of the teachers. Uh, and for that, I wrote Snape's a little bitch. When you know why later, it Sna- makes sense. Snape's a little bitch. When you know why later, it makes sense. Yeah, but Snape's still a little bitch. So then there's the fight with the troll. Uh, I missed your entire Harry, reaction to this, and I'm so Harry, sad. I just watched it stone face. Harry and Ron uh, heard that Hermione is still in the bathroom, having been crying all day because Ron's an asshole. So she missed the party. She missed the whole fucking party. Sucks. So Ron and Harry go. Hermione doesn't know about the troll. She doesn't know what's going on. So they gotta they run back in there. No one notices or stops them because reasons. There's a lot of kids to keep track of, to be fair. So they just eat their way back into the school, right? They run to the girls' bathroom, and as they do, a troll finds the girls' bathroom. As Hermione comes out and just stops, and there's this troll who's very tall and has a big stick. It's a club. And just, and just starts laying waste to the girls' bathroom, just trying to kill Hermione for reasons. Uh, so the three of them are going to fight, and Hermione just runs the whole time out of pure fear, understandably. Uh, Harry is a very brave idiot and tries to <laughs> fucking square up with this fucking troll, gets his wand jammed up the troll's nose, uh, does some little slapstick comedy shit, and then as... Uh, the troll goes to swing on Harry with his st- uh, with his stick. Uh, Do Ron, something! Ron does Wingardium Leviosa correctly, hovers the club uh, out of the hand of the troll. The troll goes, and then Ron lets the spell go, and the club donks him on the head. Not Ron, the club donks the troll on the head, and he goes, and he falls over. Uh, Those were very good noses. Thank you. I worked very hard on them. Uh, and so it just falls over. They defeat the troll. But it bonds the trio, the golden trio that will be forever together because of this exact moment. Right. The it's trolls. Great. Happy fun times. They right? save Hermione's life. They save Hermione. Uh, and then Snape, McGonagall, and Quirrell all burst through the door. And so I wrote, teachers are worthless. Yeah. Because they did literally nothing the entire time. They... And then, and then, after they admonish the students for not listening to the orders and going back in, and Hermione takes the fall for the guys uh, and claims they saved her life, which is true, uh, they just fucking leave the troll there. Just fucking leave it. I didn't think about that. <laughs> just, it's just an unconscious troll. And they leave him with fucking Quirrell. And Quirrell is some fucking little scaredy bitch. And so he's just there like, oh. <laughs> it's like, what a fucking worthless set of teachers. Like, two of the very powerful wizards at the school and McGonagall and Snape. And they're just like, fuck it, it's Quirrell's problem now. And then just You're the leave. Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, right? It's a troll. This isn't exactly the king of dark arts. He just got the job. <laughs> so... As that, uh, here's a brief idiot. Ron saved the day. All that happened in the same scene. Um, and then we do the Quidditch game. Uh, and the only thing I wrote down here is that Quidditch has dumb rules, all 374 of them. 
because America the whole time, anytime Quidditch was happening, reminded me that Quidditch has 374 rules. And I decided that after the third time of her reminding me that Quidditch has 374 rules, all 374 of those rules are dumb. And it's a dumb game played by dumb wizards. But also it looks super fun. It's a super fun game. So, yeah, that's my... Like, if you got the chance to play it, it probably... I mean, I wouldn't, because I still wouldn't be good in sports, even the Wizarding World. But it does look like a good time. You gotta be allowed to hit somebody with that bat. Nope. You got. I will you Google gotta it. Be, I will Google it you right now. You gotta be allowed to hit somebody with that. Because all all the rules are documented. So please hold. Fuck sakes! J.K. Rowling wrote out 374 rules Can for Quidditch. Beaters. Unbelievable. Hit so people with bats in Quidditch. Moving on, there's a scene where they talk to Hagrid about Snape and how they think he's like a bad guy and blah blah blah. And Hagrid, like in one scene. Three or four times goes, oh, should not have told you that. Should not have told you that. And it's just like, Jesus, Hagrid, you're the fucking worst at keeping secrets. And the whole intro when he's going through Diagon Alley with Harry, he tells Harry, better keep this a secret. Best we don't tell anybody about this. Like, three times. And so he's a king of starting secrets. And he's also the king of, like, spilling the beans on secrets to children. He's a fucking ancient groundskeeper of the fucking school. Like, no... Stop saying secrets. Come on. Um, okay. Can a can a beater hit somebody with the bat? Beaters cannot score goals, so they cannot take the quaffle and score during gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um it is not a foul for them to pass a bat to a non beater in a match. Which we did watch happen. Um but they cannot aim bludgers at the audience, for that is a foul known as bumping. Um, they, you're generally going to look for beaters that are well built, physical strength in their arms. Um, because of this, their most beaters have been wizards and rather than witches. Um, however, there are exceptions to that rule. Um, they could need to be good balance because there are lots of times where they are required to take both hands off their broomstick. It does not say that you cannot beat the shit out of someone with a bat, but I there's also not a lot of rules on this page. I'm gonna go to the, a different page. Beater's bat, Harry Potter. Oh, I'm gonna pay for this. You could potentially just beat the shit. The bats out of were magically reinforced to give them strength. Um. Oh my god, J.K. Rowling. Okay, can I have the charger? My phone's going down. Yeah. In the 15th century, when bludgers were made... Um, 15th century? Jesus. They were made of rock. In the 15th century, the bats would often shatter the rock, resulting in flying gravel. There were experiments um, in the 16th century. Then the bats were too strong, denting them, blah, blah, yes, blah. Yes, like Ron and his massive broom. Um... I'm convinced you could probably just hit somebody with one of those bats. And I think that would be a great job to have on the Quidditch team. Beater's bats were amongst the various other magical items which posed a threat to the International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy. Give that to one fucking muggle baseball player and see what the fuck happens. Home runs every game. Every game. Um, it... 
I cannot find anything, James, um, saying that you cannot... You can't see my face right now in the podcast version, but I am grinning like a fucking madman. That you can or cannot hit Bro, fucking Fred and George are the Gryffindor beaters, man. They could just take those fucking cudgels and slam people, dude. Oh, man, the movie could be so much more violent, but it's not because it's for children. The foul that is most frequently committed by beaters is bumping, which is... Hitting the audience? The Beater's Bible by Brutus Scrimmager. Slam people, dude. Beaters should try to take out Seekers first, because they're the ones who can end the game. Yeah, fucking break the Seekers' ankles. That makes a lot of sense. Why does he want to do that? All right, carry on. All right, so we're moving on. Uh, we Away get, from Quidditch. We get, we do the Quidditch. Harry saves the day. Mouth sexes the uh, golden snitch with his face. I would like uh, to, re- like, just say that the snitch's reaction to being, like, almost swallowed is very f- funny and well animated because it just kind of comes out of Harry's mouth and is like, I hated all of that. Like, if it could talk, it'd be like, Everything is awful. Not how I'm meant to be caught. Did not enjoy. 10 out of 10. Zero out of 10. No recommend. (laughs) Zero out of 10. Oh, God. But it's just very good animation. Like, there are just so many little details in these movies that truly make it great. And, like, that is one of them. Just seeing, like, the snitch, like, roll out its wings and being like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Um, I'm going to call the halfway point in just a moment. But I want to talk about one last note I have. Uh, at the halfway point of the year during the movie, uh, at which point it is Christmas. And uh, in uh, several feel-good moments, uh, Harry gets Christmas presents for the first time ever because the Dursleys are fucking assholes and never gave him any the whole time. So he and Ron stay over uh, at Hogwarts over the winter break, and uh, Harry gets woken up too many times in the movie. That's my note. Wake up, Potter. We're going to the zoo. Dudley wakes him up. Fucking Hagrid wakes him up. Oh, no, I guess he was already awake when Hagrid slept. He was wishing himself a happy birthday Uh, with a sad sand cake. Yep, with a sad sand. Uh, And fucking, like, then Ron wakes him up on Christmas. Like, it just, Harry doesn't get to sleep. Nobody wants to let Harry Potter sleep. And I think that's kind of fucked up because Harry Potter needs to go to sleep. How else is he going to be the wizard prodigy of the world if he doesn't get his rest, right? He's 11 years old. He's got to go to sleep. And uh, people just inconsiderate to Harry Potter across the board just the whole time. And so that's going to be the uh, end of episode one. Uh, we are going to take a BRB on stream, and we will be back with the remainder of uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So catch you on the flip side. We'll be right back.